you would feel super nude. Let's go. An all new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast kicking off another week from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Matt over here, Rob over there. What's going on, man? I've just I've just remembered why it is that I don't like soccer, I think is <laughs> is really what it is. The last 15 minutes that you arrived for it was that was plenty. Yeah, well, and I'd watch some of it which was actually the first bit I've watched of the World Cup, but Um, yeah, soccer, soccer blows. We're about 10 minutes removed from the final whistle that saw Canada get, uh, soundly removed from the world cup. Routed! Yes. Uh, 4-1 to the Croats, who, uh, I guess have proven our mouths are bigger than our balls. Uh, although I did feel like coming out there a minute in and scoring showed a big set, but, uh, did you see the headline there that the Croats, one of their uh, tabloids had... The naked John Herdman with a maple leaf over his groin? Well, there was that one, and uh, but I don't remember. I don't remember if it was the same one. But they said like, uh, "We see you have a big mouth, but do you have the balls to match?" Oh, like, apparently we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What can I do? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into that. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Talk and Audio. Give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, what are we sipping on today, man? This is a. It's called the Devil's Punch Bowl. Oh. Yeah, it sounds sounds spicy and aggressive. Yeah, yeah. It is a India session lager from Clifford. Okay. Comes in at 4.8. A lot to unpack there. Yeah, well, it always is, right? Like how many how much can I pack into the title? <laughs> India session lager. So, first poll at 4.8, it uh, it tastes sessionable. Okay. It light, d- light. It, it does taste light. Yeah. And at 4.8, that's not bad. No. If you can get a mild tasting beer, but that's my first call. Clifford, I believe out of Hamilton. Did I say that already? I think already? that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's all right. What do you got over there? So I'm back into, uh, I've mentioned a couple times on the show, I did a, an order a few weeks back from the Castle Brewing Company out in Castleman. And uh, so this is their 1844 Czech style Pilsner. And, uh, 4.9%, it says, um, so far on first poll, maybe lacking a little bit of that crispness that sometimes comes with a, a Czech Pilsner. It's pretty nice. Uh, a little dry maybe, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. First poll, not bad. It's it's a Pilsner, right? That's that's what I think of with a, with a, with a sort of Czech style Pilsner. Yeah. Effervescent. Right. Ebullient perhaps. Right. Ebullient. Yeah. (laughs) Love that word. I know you do. Um, but but yeah, bubbly, right? Yep. And um, and sort of the champagne of beers. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Labatt Fifty. <laughs> I know that's your that's handle. They like to hang their hat on. Yeah, but it? it's the champagne of ales, my friend. All right. Um, but yeah, I don't normally go in for a pilsner, but good I on do. you. I do. I do enjoy a good pilsner now and then. For a long time, just before or even maybe at the start of the the craft beer odyssey that we've set out on here, the if you weren't sampling a craft beer, my go-to for quite a while was Steam Whistle, which is which is obviously a pretty uh, mainstream yeah. Pilsner, right? But uh, do one thing, do it well, and then they stopped. They started doing many things, and, yeah. they, and they started doing them only okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, that happens. Uh, follow your own fucking 
Anyway. And you know what? Yeah. When I left here, I don't know, man, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, went out for dinner uh, with my mother. My mother is a huge Boston pizza fan. Okay. Yeah. I do love a pierogi pizza. So yep. it's okay with me. Sure. But I'd had three or four beers here. Yeah. So you sat near the washroom. Yep. Uh, for sure I did. I'm like, <laughs> let's grab that seat back there by the bathroom. <laughs> so I'm like, what do you have on tap? And they're going through this very- Rickard's Red. Rickard's Red. There's a shock top. Yes. Um, And she's like, can we have some Hop Valley? Mm. I'm like, Hop Valley? I'll have a pint of the Hop Valley. Right. Comes and I'm like, hmm. This is interesting. <laughs> it's kind of sweet. I don't really love it. And she comes back and I'm like, who makes this? She's like, oh, that's Hop Valley's from Molson. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> you fool. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't great. They're but- doing this a lot, eh? These bit, the, the macros out there trying to elbow in, trying to sneak it by you, make it sound like it's something else. Yeah. We've talked at, at, uh, at length about Mill Street being bought up by, uh, uh, Labatt, I believe it was. And, uh, yeah, it's never been quite the same ever since, but, uh. It has not. They're trying to play that, that cool factor. We can be craft too. Like, yeah, no. It's hoppy. Ever hoppy. Everyone says, I love a hoppy beer. Hoppy beer. Uh, Try this Hop Valley. Try that. (laughs) I did try it. You sold me one. (laughs) That's it. Forget it. Shame on you. Are you familiar with, uh, speaking of shame on you. Yes, yeah, shame. Are you familiar with, uh, actually, you know what? Before we do that, let's just stay on the World Cup. We started there. There's not going to be a ton on it because uh, they're out and uh, we don't have anything left to tee up. They're going to play Morocco. It's not going to matter. Um, but they get booted around here by the Croats 4-1 to one on uh, on Sunday afternoon. And look, they came out right off the top, scored. Uh, looked like, all right, maybe we're going to make this interesting, right? We're going to have a go with this. The entire second half of the first half, yeah, they're just carrying it to us. Um, there was a bit of a bounce back to start the second half, um, but by the 70th minute, they've made it 3-1, and then you could just sort of see the wind go out of the sails. But it was very clear in a way that it wasn't against Belgium, that you're playing out of your league here, right? And the Croats were by far the superior team, uh, superior talent, the the plays they were running uh, in Canada's end, uh, just the possession. You know, Canada dominated in a lot of ways against Belgium mm-hmm. in ways that they absolutely did not against Croatia and that it felt very much like this is probably what this always should have looked like, but you kind of get that, that boost after the Belgium game. All right, maybe they belong. And you're like, oof. Didn't belong in this one. Yeah. Well, it's it's the run through CONCACAF with all these clean sheets. Yep. Right? Didn't allow a lot of goals. And after you see Costa Rica get smashed by Spain, I think. Yeah. You just start to wonder, right? You know, Gets put back in perspective for yeah, you. Yeah, that maybe CONCACAF is, is, isn't what it is. And yeah, and all this talk about Belgium and, and they're also aging out. As we heard about Croatia mm-hmm. as well, right? But when you looked at the way that they played with the offensive attack and they did, against Belgium, they just didn't seem to have enough finish. Yep. Right? There was all this, we're pushing, we're pushing, we're close, but we're just not finishing. And 
like many Sens games this year, if we just had a little more luck, right? The underlying numbers are great and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this, this Croatian team is not only older, super experienced, runners-up in the last World Cup, and I think all this talk of their demise, slightly exaggerated. Well, and part of that gets put into perspective again for you because we watched them get a draw against Morocco, and no one was really expecting much out of Morocco either until Sunday here. You go, wow, if Morocco's tying the Croats, maybe we can, maybe we got a shot, right? Like, because yeah. everybody sort of said that that Canada-Morocco game would be a coin toss game. Like they're similarly uh, ranked. ranked, right? And, and competitive with each other. So if Morocco's holding Croatia tight, maybe we will too. And, and, and then the way you, Canada plays against Belgium, you're like, okay, like, let's see. <coughs> and then Morocco goes out earlier on Sunday and puts up a 2-0 win over Belgium. And you're kind of like, okay, you refocus here. Maybe Belgium isn't as good as we thought they were. Maybe Morocco mm-hmm. is better than we thought they were. And then you take on Croatia and and both of those things kind of get proven out, right? Based on those earlier results. Yep. Um, So look, Canada scored this time. Being out in two games is about as bad, I guess, as it could have gone, but probably not horribly shocking. I think we kind of get victimized a little bit in many different areas of sports that in our own market, like we start to talk ourselves into it, right? As there's a lot of positivity around... You know, the pro sports teams we follow, the international things we follow. And we start, you know, you look well, look at the guys Canada has. Maybe we can do this. No, you got reminded fast that we're still new at this. We're on the rise, but maybe not ready to hang quite yet. And, uh, you know, I know you're not that into soccer to begin with. This will be the end of your, your World Cup viewing. It will be very close to the end of mine. Um, but I don't know. Do we feel any better about the Canadian program than we did going in? Or is this always the way it was going to play? Or Well, way too much hype, yeah. right? Um, I was talking to somebody, I don't know, before it started, that I didn't think they were going to win a game. Maybe they were going to draw, right? Yep. I kind of saw a a draw in here, maybe get that goal. And I, and I thought that that would be a good, like this is this program jumped up and is early. Yep. Right? It's arrived early. Yep. You have young players in in key positions. I have no real issue with the experience they get here at this tournament. Mm-hmm. Like I have no no issue with with what Herdman said, right? I to me it's 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 So we we did jump over that. He says in the post game after the Belgium loss, only thing left to do or all we can go do is f up Croatia. Yeah. And Croatia kind of raised an eyebrow and, and you know who we are and you know who you are. And, yeah. and we did talk about the, the meme they created of them. We did uh, talk about the, uh, the, do your, is your, are your balls as big as your mouth kind of thing? And I don't know, there, there's an element of get a little swagger going here, see if you can rally the troops, but there's also an element if you get crushed like that. Yep. Of looking stupid. Yep. Oh, hey. we look stupid. Oh, it's stupid and it's all over my face. <laughs> um, but it's But I'm with you. I didn't have a problem with him doing it. Like Right. And 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 to me, had he walked it back entirely, ah, sorry, you know, I was just fired up, blah, blah, blah. I would have felt worse. Yeah. Right? No, I he he more or less owned it and he's like, Yeah, all right. No no offense meant to the Croatian people, but yeah. I'm fired up and I'm passionate and I'm trying to 
get the lads going. And one thing that was underreported I saw this morning, that it, this had been a, a phrase being thrown around the Canadian team for months since they were put into Group F. Let's go F them up, right? Let's... This, it had kind ah, of become a bit of a thing. Okay. I didn't I didn't make that connection. I, I didn't either until it was laid right out in front of me this morning. And then you go, okay. Now, lots of teams have inside jokes and things they say around the locker room that you wouldn't want in the paper. And when it comes out with no sure. context like that, Croatia's going to be, yeah, we'll see then, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll see who's biting the leather strap. Right. Oh, it's us. Oh, man, it's me. <laughs> yeah. But so to me, whatever they, these these guys can get, like Davies is going to be twenty six, not even technically at his athletic prime. Right. When the next World Cup rolls around, and you have David, and you have Buchanan, all, and and you know Astakio, yeah, these guys are are not old. No. And so you have a very good team, and yeah, you you uh, it looked like you had a well seasoned international squad and yes. and a first-time World Cup appearance. Absolutely did. Um, I didn't think, like, they were outclassed today, but they weren't, in my mind, embarrassed, right? You, you got beat by a better team. You didn't get pumped like some of these other teams have right. earlier on. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a bummer. I think you'd like to have seen, like you said, at least get a draw out of one of these. And maybe they will against Morocco, right? Maybe something still comes. It's not going to matter. You're not going to get into the group. But maybe there is something that you can come home with a, a more positive feeling about it. But I don't think this was, you know, as you've suggested, I don't think this was a negative uh, experience, especially with the World Cup coming to North America next time around. You've kind of shown, you know, at least partially you can hang, right? You're not getting backdoored in, right? It's not just because right. you're hosting. Yep, you, showing up and, and when the field expands, yeah, right? You're like, oh, we're not getting in because they've gone from 36 to 48. No. We got in on our own merit yep. and... And we did some good things. Wait, but before you leave the World Cup. Yeah. Tell me how you feel, you personally, Matt, on this day. A little, little tired. Yep. Kind of bloated. Didn't, yep. Didn't. <laughs> didn't. You know, have you had a BM today, Matt? Have you? Not a, not a satisfying one. <laughs> um, people who have, were born here. Yet who still choose to be, I, I, I'm cheering for Croatia over Canada today, or I'm cheering for Belgium because my, my grandparents are from there. Because I'm a fucking front, uh, front runner is really the, sorry, did I already answer your question? Yeah, did I, I, I jump I, the gun? I think that's exactly <laughs> right, Matt. I think you've answered my question. I had in previous World Cups, literally zero issue with the other flags you'd see flying around. Um, on people's cars, right? The Italian flag, the Portuguese flag, the British, whatever your thing was, wherever you came from, wherever your family came from, no problem. But now the Canada's in, I'd like to see you show a little support to the Canadian team, especially in a head-to-head matchup, right? Like, I don't know, if you still had the Spanish flag on your car because that's where your family comes from, no problem, not in our group, and we're not going to get out of there to see them, right? But to be cheering... Croatia over Canada today, no good. No good. No good. Because you know in four years when Canada's better maybe and Croatia's not. Yep. Those f- same front runners. We call them Habs fans. Okay. 
All right. No, I, I'm just saying that's the, to me, the Hab fan is the guy with the reversible jersey. It's a Senator's jersey See, we got some nice feedback after the last episode that we were complimentary of the Habs, but we're throwing that right in the ditch. Well, <laughs> but I, I also said that, yeah, I had a little barf in my mouth and I yeah. said it's really, it was to cover up the, it was the, it was the wow <laughs> factor that was covering up the shame. Yeah. No, I, no good, man. Okay. And yeah, me too. Yeah. That's the thing, right? I have on both sides of my family, Scottish ancestry. Right. Not at the World Cup. No. But if they were, and it's a Canada, Scotland head to head, I'm all in on the red maple leaf. Gotta be. Like it's not even a, it's not a question. Right. You idiots. <laughs> get on board or get under the bus. Are you familiar with the name Patty the Batty? Patty the Batty. No, I am not at all. Patty Pimblett is a uh, up-and-coming UFC star from Britain who's, uh, they they badly want him to be the new Conor McGregor. He's a very good talker um, and, you know, has that potential to be your next big European star. Okay. But we're not going to talk UFC here. We are going to talk about an exchange that he found himself in uh, earlier in the week. I'm going to play a clip for you. Are you familiar with what a a nest doorbell is or a ring doorbell? So it's just a video. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you walk up to the door, you press the thing, there's a little camera and it might be shown to the person whose home it is like inside their house or they can pull it up on their phone. So this person, this is Patty the Batty walking up to knock on somebody's door, rings their doorbell and uh, someone answers the call from their cell phone. I want you to be able to, uh, to check this out. Hello? Hello, look, um, it's, my dog's just had like a sloppy shit outside. I was just wondering if you got some water. I don't want to leave it outside. Stop passing the body. Ah, it is. I'm like, I'm five minutes away from home. Um, don't worry, I'll clean it. Just, like, you sure? I just, I feel, I feel terrible. You <laughs> know what I mean? No, it's all right. It's just had a proper sloppy shit and I can't even pick it up with a poo bag. You know what I mean? Don't worry, I'll clean it when I get in. Uh, thank you very much once again. I'm sorry about that. I hate doing stuff like that. That's why I'm not done. Go on. I'll see you later. So we know he's a good Samaritan, at least. <laughs> but to use the same phrase, sloppy shit, twice to a stranger on their doorbell. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I don't know. She seems excited at first. She recognizes. Is that Patty the Batty? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but she and so clearly she's pulled it up on her phone and she's and she's recognizing him. Yeah. Because at first I thought, is she just recognizing the voice? No, this is like because he sounds like every other. So they're on video, but she's like, I'm five minutes from home. Like, like I might race home and we can meet over this sloppy shit, right? Like maybe this will be the way it, I get to meet. It did my... have very fan. <laughs> I would love to meet you vibes to it for sure. And instead of getting an autograph or a picture, she gets to come home and clean up the sloppy shit that was left on yeah. her property. Yeah. Well, and he was at least, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'd like to just sort of rinse it off. My dog's taking a hot dump. <laughs> that I can't pick oh. up with a poo bag. Not even with a poo bag, ma'am. <laughs> So good guy. Sounds like a good guy, but I don't. Yeah. So you have a dog. I do have a dog. And I'm sure when you're walking him, if he has an accident, you're the good Samaritan who stops and and does what you're supposed to do. Always have a bag. But in this situation where there is nothing you can do, are you going to the front door and ringing the doorbell and asking for a little? uh, Nope. No. Nope. Sorry. I'm I'm carrying on home. I'm uh, running down the street. I'm embarrassed. Trying to get enough space in between (laughs) me and that. 
yelling at the dog. Fucking. <coughs> it's probably on you. It's probably on you and whatever you've been feeding them that's really the problem. If we're super but, consistent. Yeah. I do not give the dog people food. <laughs> that's the problem, right? Yeah. When you start injecting, you know, uh, chili cheese burritos into the dog's diet. <laughs> It does the same thing as to him as it does to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? No one should be surprised at yeah, what's about to happen. Gives you that hot, sick feel. <laughs> I'm not sure this is going to end well. Now, we were, I told you before, right? We've uh, went into detail about the runner and the dog at the experimental farm. Yep. Always take a bag. No problems. Throw it at any yep. overzealous joggers. Yeah. Wow, that's very small separation between us and the monkeys, right? <laughs> Flinging shit. Um, there's a nice long straight stretch, about two kilometers. And at the top, there's a garbage bag. Um, you know, garbage you can throw in your mm-hmm. chuck usually, dutifully takes care of his business. Bag it, drop it off in the way. Last week we get about, I don't know, he does his business, throw it in like normal. We get about 200 meters past. Chuck's, I wasn't quite done. Chuck's like, you know what? <laughs> I got a little more of that. You got another one of those bags, right? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> like I've been the good owner. <laughs> Am I supposed to double bag? <laughs> like this never happens. <laughs> and so, yeah, now I'm looking around and you're like, hmm. Um, Thanks, Chuck. Yeah. No. So you do the thing you do. You just, you just walk over and you reach down and pretend to pick it up. And then just keep walking. Yes. <laughs> but what am I supposed to do, man? Kick it off to the side. Yeah, it makes me, think of, makes me think of that story about Brian Mulrooney. Not familiar. He took his dog out and, uh, you know, during, they're at, like, they're here in Ottawa. And, he's, and he takes his dog out into the park and he's walking his dog and he's in his suit. And the dog takes a shit. And he's got no bag. Right. And he's like, he's, uh, I don't know. He's like, all right, I guess we're just leaving. <laughs> and then someone's like, hey. Mr. Prime Minister. You can't let your dog shit there and leave it. And Maroney goes over and he sort of just picks it up in his big hand <laughs> and walks away with it. <laughs> so. I thought you were going to say like one of his security guys had to, <laughs> had to handle it. <laughs> hey, Serge. That's get, you. Get on that. <laughs> yeah, you must have a hanky. Who does a hanky? But yeah, so he had to walk away with nice hot, Ugh. you know, cigar in his hand. That's a dignified look for your <laughs> prime minister. Yeah, well, he's a guy from Bay Como or wherever he is, right? He's from a, you know, a mining town. I don't think he's. Yeah, above re- that. Yeah, really above that. He's okay. He's like, whatever. <laughs> uh, so Patty the Batty, good guy. Willing to... Uh, okay. He's on the radar though. No. Yeah. And, He's uh, on the radar the, now is what I meant to say. And you got to like, look, the UFC, it's a big enough sport, but these not a lot of these guys aren't walking around every day being recognized like like a starting quarterback or whatever. Right. Well, especially if you're on the way up. Yeah. And yet this guy embarrassed, oh, my dog just took him. And she's, hey, hey, I know you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> What are you feeding your dog, Patty? That's, I, I, we, you got to double back, you know? Hey. For sure. Consistency with the food, man. The dog needs it. Everybody needs consistency. Uh, you've referenced uh, a former prime minister carry, walking around with a handful of shit. Did you see what our current prime minister had to walk through there on Friday? It was finally his turn to hit the stand for the- uh, Oh, you know what? I did, I did not at all. 
So uh, the Emergency Act has, uh, you know, the inquiry has now wrapped up. He was the final witness. And, uh, you know, a lot of people had a chance to ask him a bunch of questions. And then the lawyer for, for the convoy people chose to use her time to just stand there and read him text messages of support for the convoy and why he was out of line to have shut them down and just grandstanding horse shit, right? Like, do you have a question or not? Do you want, like, put him on the spot here politically. Don't just sit there and, and read this sort of crap and you just sort of sitting there and take, like, he's not being asked questions. He has to sit there and listen and listen for five, six hours or whatever. And then basically like to say to him, like, okay, your, your time's off. <laughs> Thank you for making such good use of this taxpayer money and the time you've been allotted and See, fucking accomplished nothing. And yeah. And I am all about, you know, getting rid of the convoy. Like yep. to me, I am, I am fine with how that whole thing shook loose. I am also totally fine and think that if you use the Emergencies Act, there needs to be. Yeah. You're going to get drawn in front of the. This needs to happen, right? Yep. You need to the look at it and, explain yeah, your... and, and say, what could we do better? What could we do to yes. avoid it? All these things should happen. Like to me, that is, that is useful moving forward. Well, the one thing that became clear through the whole thing was no one was going to do anything. The provincial police didn't know what to do. The local police didn't know what to do. They're fighting over jurisdiction. And at some point, uh, and when Freeland testified this week, she's having to be asked about the, uh, the ones that are blocking the borders there at Coons, Alberta and down in Windsor and wherever the hell else they were doing. They're taking all kinds of shit from the U S right. Uh, in terms of, you know, being our, our most reliable trading partner and how many millions of dollars a day are being shut down and not being allowed to go back and forth. And you have companies, uh, she said, uh, and she didn't give the name of the company that she personally was contacted by a CEO that said, uh, of a big American company that said, your country's become a banana republic. We will not invest one more dime in Canada. Like we can't trust you to get your shit together up there. There are extenuating circumstances, even beyond the horns honking on Parliament Hill that yep. at some point, if nobody's going to do anything, yeah, I, I, I thought that was one of Trudeau's, to be honest with you, one of his prouder moments was, fuck this, we're clearing it out. Yes, I will answer for it later. And then frankly, he was on a jet to Europe to meet with other uh, world leaders about the invasion of, uh, of Ukraine. Ukraine. And that's, that's what a world leader is supposed to do. That's what a, and yep. I know he's not technically the head of state, but that's what you're clean up the problem at home. And then I got to go, we're dealing with bigger shit here somewhere yeah. else. No, no, it, it's, it's totally true. And it, it, the idea of as, as, you know, as much as it angers you to hear a CEO say that the reality is. If you can't keep your borders open, mm -hmm. you can't keep shitheads off your streets. Yeah. That seems banana republic-ish. Yep. And so. We don't have much, you wouldn't have much confidence in, in that as a partner, right? Like how I, long are you going to let this go on? Yeah. Well, and why can't, why don't you clear it up right away? Right. And so if nothing else, we hope that they have mechanisms in place now or will coming out of this. To not allow this to happen again. Yeah. You show up and you do your protest. They're planning another one for February. Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> perfect. But this is a great chance to not let that happen. Yep. And I think there should be castration. <laughs> Chemical or yeah, old fashioned? Yeah, old fashioned. <laughs> old fashioned, like with the pigs, you put a little mark on the back and then you're like, that guy <laughs> over there. 
<laughs> you got a mark on your back? Away you go. You're the pig. Look, what are you doing with that? Don't be marking me. Yeah, <laughs> him. Him. <laughs> rubbing it off. Trying to rub it against yeah, the guy next to That's you. why they're always rolling in the slops. For sure, man. <laughs> that yellow paint on my back. So anyways, yeah, that kind of stuff. It's, it's, you have to figure it away. And again, we talked about it all the way through. You have to have the right to protest. Yep. You just have to do it in a way that doesn't, for weeks on end, impede on everyone else's rights. Right. And that was one of the lines that Trudeau threw out there. We'll see. Not everyone will agree with it. He goes, an occupation is different than a protest, right? And we can debate all day at where that is. How many days do you get? How many trucks can you have? There's a line somewhere, but this was clearly well past it. And right. it's got to get cleared the fuck your, up. Your, so. your barbecue pits and your jacuzzis and whatnot, those things are not <laughs> a, you know, protest. No. That is an occupation. You are bringing in propane tanks. You're fortifying. You're doing a bunch of things. Yeah. Yeah. This is not what that is. And so, you know. And at, at this point, what are you still protesting? Fair, man. We'll find out in February, I'm sure. We will. All right. Let's talk a little bit of hockey and, um, look. A little bit of hockey. We that ha- never happens on this no, show. No, almost never. Uh, we've circled around it for a while. You had alluded to it maybe two weeks ago. I told you a week uh, later, which I guess would be last week. <laughs> I think I was on side. Is it time for me to go ahead can I go ahead and, and hit everybody's favorite meme as it pertains to the Ottawa Senators? Is it time? Yeah. Stop! Stop! He's already dead. Yeah. I'm not even sure if that's referring to DJ himself or if that's the team's I hopes. think that's their season for me. At oh. this point, two more losses uh, earlier in the week. Now they do come back and beat... Uh, 31st place or 32nd, I forget which was, it was 31 versus 32 anyway on It was Friday. 31 versus 31 in points. Okay. The winning percentage leaned towards Ottawa being hey, 31st. Hey, all right. So they beat up the, uh, the Ducks pretty good. Who looked very shitty. As we sit here now, they're getting ready to wrap up this, uh, this road trip with a game against LA later tonight. We don't know how that's gone as we sit here now, but... Man, another week has passed and you can't say confidently that they've turned a corner, right? That they're on the right track yet. They, they, and, and the further in we get, we are now at that American Thanksgiving point that isn't perfect. We did see the Blues in 2019 dead last on January 1st and win the cup. I'm not saying Ottawa yeah, yeah. might no, win the cup. And but I don't want to hear the Hamburglar run right. and people talk about that. So look, I, I, even as we sit here now, I don't think they're a 30 31, 32. No, agreed. By the time the season ends, they will have righted the ship to an extent, but this season is gone. Yep. And and it's so aggravating because it's it's the idea of when you're when you're running through a rebuild, the fans understand it. Yep. And you see things build through the year last year, and you're like, young players are coming, right? You know, Batherson before the injury was a point of game guy. You had, you had Norris and Kachuk both with 30 goal seasons. Mm-hmm. Stutzla hits that 20 goals. You're like, things are coming. Things are coming. Forsberg played well. Yep. You bring in Talbot. So to that core, you add DeBrinket, you add Giroux, you add Sanderson, you bring Pinto back into the fold and you're like, 
giddy up. We're going to do something here, right? And it's and you have that hope where you're like, we're going to be competitive, whatever that means. And yep. I, I thought that was 85 to 90 points. Right. They're on right pace right now for about 60. <laughs> like. and, and so you're like, you have that hope, right? You have that hope. And you know what? The, the management said, we want to play meaningful games. They never said playoffs. Nope. They said meaningful games. Yep. And, and, I, and everybody is fine with that. But it doesn't matter to me what happens now. There are no meaningful games because once again, third year in a row, a shitty November has fucked your season and taken you out. The pressure is completely off now. There are no I'm glad you brought that up. That was going to be my question to you is how do you judge this now? Because obviously they will get better than they are right now. But how many teams over the years have we seen that once they're dead and buried go, cool, and, and... and go on yeah. a bit of a run, right? Not necessarily one that obviously takes them to the playoffs, but there does seem to be a mental uh, weight that gets lifted or something that the pressure's off and you just play spoiler. You're not supposed to want to be playing spoiler from December 1st on, but... Yeah. How about Remembers Day? But it, <laughs> it does make it hard to judge, okay, have they figured it out? Or is this just another one of those second half easy rides where just, you know... Doing our thing. Because at this point, look, you watch them closer than I do, but I do watch a fair bit of this. The only guy that I would say for sure has taken a step forward this year would be Brady. Yeah, 23 points, 24 points, whatever he's got at the 20-point mark, at the 20-game mark. Because that guy wasn't someone that was going to be a a point-a-game guy, in my opinion. He was going to be physical. He was going to be a net front guy. He was going to be whatever, but he was never going to be a high, high scorer. Right. So he was a a 65 or 68-point guy with 30 goals last year. And so to me, if he was a 70-point guy, right. I'm thinking with everything else, yeah. 70 the points, other tools, yeah. that's that's worth the $8 million. Yes. Um, so anything he comes close to 80 points is, I don't think this is sustainable. Probably right? not. If you look at 28, 23 points, you're looking at 46, you're looking at 92 points. Yeah. Not happening. But if he gets 75 points, that is a hugely successful year. Jake Sanderson is the other guy I would say who has. Well, the only reason I didn't include him is he's a rookie. Yeah, there was nothing to improve upon. Right? But there was, was a lot of sunshine and lollipops. Yep. I was one of them going, ah, maybe right, like right. But can we see him play a game before we've decided that he's the solution? And completely he fair, absolutely stepped in and gone. Yep, I'm here. I'm a top four guy right off the bat. And well, there was a play the other against Anaheim, who again was pretty crappy. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, Max Jones. I don't know who that guy is. Right. He's he comes out of the zone. He he's skating down the wing. Sanderson doubles back, doesn't body him out, just takes the puck off him Doink. and says, "I'll take that, thank yeah. you," and brings it back and hits Stutzla with it, and it ends up in a goal. And you're like, "That's a guy with 20 games experience." And you're like. Take that, Max Jones. Yeah, whoever you are. <laughs> the Jones family of upper rubber boot. But yeah, just in Also term- got his first goal this week. Yeah, but just- In huge in- minutes, 23 a night since Shabbat's gone down. It's the elite skating yeah. and, and it's the gap control. It's the ability to just make things look sort of easy on the defensive side. Yeah. And so once he picks up the reads, because clearly nobody in the system is able to- Make a defensive read, so right. I can't just judge him right. solely on that because <laughs> there's eight other guys infected by that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really frustrating. 
as as a fan of this team. Now you know what it's it's. I said to you the other night. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching. I, I stayed up and watched two periods of the Sharks game. Yeah. I stayed up and watched a period of the of the Vegas Knights game. Yeah, I watched that one. And and I but then I'm like, ah, I got to work at seven. Yep. And it was it was fine. It was lots of the same, right? Long periods of good play, mm-hmm. no goals, and you're like, that's gonna bite you in the ass. That is gonna hurt you as you move forward. And so the Vegas game was the same. You're like, yeah, we out hit him, we outshot him, we did all these things, and you go point to the scoreboard, right? Oh, but we lost. Like fuck. Yeah, a lot of the moral victories. No moral victories. Gotta gotta be gone, right? They need some actual victories. Wouldn't those be? Wouldn't those be nice? And I, look, we we did this over the summer, both you and I, and then with some guests. And it's I don't want to say it's hard for me because it's not. I'll happily stomp on the senators. Yeah, if, I if get it. But at the same time, I am aware that when I dump on them, it comes with a a bias, right? And a lot of the listeners go ah. And so I, I didn't. That guy's a fucking Leaf fan. Right. And I feel that <laughs> that embarrassed about it too sometimes. Um, but you have to pick your spots a little bit, knowing that you're being received with a, a bit John, of a bias. A jaundiced eye. Right. And so I, my most frequent thing was 30 points, man. It's a long, long way in between making up where they finished last year and where they had to get to. How'd that go for New Jersey? They seem to be fine with it. Uh, but my point was, you can look at a lot of the things that happen. I, I said at the time, and he hasn't really been bad, but I didn't really get the Talbot thing. Like, all right, fine. But to me, he's not that much better than Gustafson and Gustafson's younger. So then he gets hurt and it's hard to judge Talbot at this point. The defense, everyone, even the most hardcore Sands fan said this, the defense is not good enough. Right. And then you look at some of the other, like, did Claude Giroux pick the Sens or did he come home? Like, and I wonder sometimes. Well, he, he, he would say he picked the Sens. Okay. That's I would say, saying. I would say that too. That's, that's good for PR. Yep. That's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But did he just reach a point in his career? And, and now, again, no one expected the Sens to be this bad. And he, the, and Giroux has exceeded my expectations. Okay. But I just, I, when you look back at the things that happened over the off season and everybody got excited as they should have, but when you kind of start to peel away some of the, well, like thin, thin is the word. I think I, I think we both liked the Tyler Mott signing right around training camp. I think he came in, but he's a bit of a black hole for offense. Um, once Norris goes down, anybody's going to hurt. Once you lose one of your top two centers, arguably your top center. Yep. Um, but there's just certain things when you look back and you go, there were warning signs here all along. Again, not to this extent, but that even the big step forward that was supposed to come yeah. wasn't guaranteed. For me, the thing is you love the top six mm-hmm. coming in and then you go, if you can put a third. And Batherson's been bad. Batherson year. has been really underwhelming. And you know what? I, I, I'm going to say it. I wonder what this Hockey Canada thing. Yeah. Weighing on his mind. For sure. Yeah. And just uh, the way he answered the questions in training camp were ambiguous at best. And to be fair to them, they were all said, don't talk. Yep. And that puts them in a hard spot. Like you'd want to come right out and go, nope, not fucking me. And here's how I can justify that. And yep. Yep. Anyways. So even if he's completely innocent, yep. it would still be weighing on your mind. Like what's happening? What's churning around? What's being said about me? Well, and to me, when he said, 
yeah, I've been completely, I, I've helped, uh, I've spoken. Yeah. And out of respect for the woman, I believe he said, or the victim, I can't remember what it was he said, mm-hmm. the woman, I believe, he said, that's all I'm going to say. And so you're like, hmm, that's just, that's one of those things where you're like, he would have been better saying no comment. Yeah. Do too. Yep. Um, but yeah, you just sort of wonder. And so to me, but the top six, if you had that, and then you have a Pinto, Formanton, Joseph third line, and you're like, yes, I like that third line, right? Mm-hmm. Formanton, obviously, it's Not like, it's, it's like a blackout. Doesn't even exist. Doesn't even exist. Like that, that name is verboten. Yep. And so... Mott was that guy you bring in, you go, yeah, okay. In a, in a vacuum, I like that. That's mm-hmm. a good, he's a penalty Agreed. killer. He's a downgrade in every area on Formanton. Sure. And then you just sort of go, the bottom six now has become when Pinto has to move up and you bring Broussard in and out and Broussard's been hit and miss. Yeah. But he is, he's a guy who has played for 22 NHL teams. <laughs> And so was, was here on a PTO, right? So he is what he is. Yep. And the bottom six has become essentially a black hole of right. offense. So if your top six aren't doing it, if it's not Giroux, Stutzla and, and Kachuk, yeah. you're not getting points, man. You're not getting points. And the defense under DJ Smith and Jack Capuano has been like Shabbat has regressed in my opinion mm-hmm. in, in the years that he's been coached by DJ Smith. And there's just no, nobody knows what to do in the defensive zone. And no one seems to be running a system of any kind. Like, I don't know if they're waiting for him to be fired or he just has a bad system or they don't know how to play it. Like sometimes it's the wrong group for the wrong coach. Yep. But there is a disconnect somewhere. I like big guys. All right. (laughs) Snip that. Yeah. That's a DJ. That's a DJism right there. I like big guys. Okay. But you look at guys who, you know, who were here, Good Branson, Coburn, yes. Josh Brown, like just guys who cycle through and then they're like, you're terrible. <laughs> and the Good Branson goes out to Calgary under Suter and you're like, Sutter, sorry. Yep. And you're like. He appears to know how to play. He seems to figure this out yeah. somehow, right? And then worked his way into a four times four contract in Columbus, which. That was an overshoot, obviously. Sorry, but. Columbus. That's a bad call. But. <laughs> well, even look, Josh Brown is still playing. Now it's Arizona, but he's got a job, right? Yep. He's found his way back into. Yeah, it was cheap shot in centers when they played. Nice. But that's, yeah, good for you, buddy. <laughs> um, but these are DJ kind of guys. Yep. And, and when you hear this talk of. Tyler Myers, they're going to flip Zaitsev for Myers. Yeah, I saw like, that. Oh my God. Oh my God. The chaos giraffe. We, we do not need that guy here because that's just another guy who is not Big guy. Go- I like big guy. Yeah, who's not great in his system. And you go, we're going to bring him and put him into a system where nobody's good. And you're like, yeah, I, I just think that has to fall at some point. The inability to defend, even even coherently understand what's happening. Right. That falls to coaching. That is the deal. So the other day I spoke to a couple of friends of the show over a couple of pints, a couple media guys, right? And I just, they were, I told them your story that the Sens had you on the hook, just about reeled you into a flex pack or yep. an eight pack or a mini pack or whatever. 800 bones. And 
lost you. You wriggled away, got off the hook after the Alfie game. Bummer of a season so far, bummer of an atmosphere with nobody, you know, still low attendance, right? Nobody going to the games. And they both said back anecdotally, they are hearing the same. Now, season tickets did go up at the yep. beginning of the season. Buyer's but- remorse. <laughs> There's probably some of that, but even all the people who said, as soon as Melnick's gone, I'll be back in. Yeah. Haven't come flooding back and a bad start does that, right? Like even if you want to buy that flex pack, like you were thinking about doing kind of later on in the season or yep. give it a few weeks, those people take a look and go, ah, not, probably not, right? Like this isn't well, see, under where I Eugene, need to spend my money. Yeah. Under Eugene last year, I I bought tickets to five games. Right. I had, I bought five, five game packs. And so I was looking to do more, not less. Yeah, yeah. And so Eugene aside, it's the product. Yep. And showing up and you're going, fuck, what is happening here? It's it's really, you had this upsurge, both in terms of how the season ended last year, the signings, mm-hmm. and you're like, everybody's like, Momentum yes. building. Business is wanting back on board, yep. bunch of stuff. And then you go, oh, but I've seen this show before. Yeah. And even long-term, what does this mean? This is a season to sell Alex DeBrinkett on wanting to stay here. Yeah. And he was loving it early. Yeah, of course. And now you're like, oh, I get it. Right. <laughs> this sucks here, man. It sucks. Right. And now, the, you know what? Before like training camp ended and the season hadn't started yet, he's sold on a lot of the off-ice things. Sure. Right? The support for family, the environment, the community. Mm-hmm. But you got to win, man. As a hockey player, the guy's going to get paid. Oh yeah. So, at the end of the day, now you know what? I'm not. I'm. He's he's been all right. Yeah. But he has not scored the way. No, you're right. His shooting percentage is down. He's and, not getting it done. Either. And there's nights where he's got eight shots yep. and no goals, and you're like, yeah, that's going to come. Well, it's twenty fucking games. Yep. Nine schmill. I can tell you over in blue land, we're thinking the same thing a little bit on, yes. uh, and, and we'll get to that, but yeah, th- this, this is damaging, right? Like everybody looked at how, how they had looked like they were turning a corner and they had all this young talent and they were supplementing it and the vibes were great. And then it went right back in the fucking toilet and anyone who might've been th- not, it's not a total write-off, right? But, right. but free agents that are upcoming who might've been keeping an eye on, on Ottawa or, uh, guys with no trade clauses or whatever are suddenly looking at that again and going, no, no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. If you were close to 500 and really mm-hmm. they're not far from. F- Nobody is. <laughs> but, but it's still, it feels way worse. And, yeah. and the three wins, the last three wins, you know, it's Philly, it's Buffalo, it's Anaheim. I don't leave any one of those three wins and go, oh man, we're close. Right. We dominated that game. And you're like, no, those are shit birds. And you just sort of won. Yep. Brutal. Well, let's move it down the highway a little bit. Is it funner? Is it happier? Is it more joyous times? Yeah, no. Oddly enough. Oddly enough. Funner it is not. Funner is the word I chose on purpose. Yep. Uh, The Leafs have just beat Pittsburgh and maybe their most complete effort of the season. Very convincing uh, game. Both teams on the second half of a back-to-back. A little bit of controversy around the Leafs this week. We can can or can't get to that. We'll, We'll see, but... It's funny to think that, like right now in November, they're 9-1-3. and three. They have points in eight straight and 13 of their last 14. And the conversation still seems to be, they just don't look quite right. 
And I, I've sort of was starting to come to terms with the fact that I don't think this team, at least up front, is quite as good as last year's team. Right. And yet, you know, you look at those results and they almost, it was funny when the Leafs kind of got off to that 500 start and everyone, the, the, the sky was falling and all this stuff. Loved it. Everybody was like, yeah, they did this last year and then they had a killer November, so don't worry about it. And the realists are like, yeah, but you don't have Novembers like that every year. And then here we are having that November again. So you're right back into the top five. I think they're fourth in the league right now in terms yep. of points percentage and all that stuff. But it just, it doesn't feel convincing, right? There's a lot of kind of just, like that game in New Jersey on Wednesday was grab your fucking points, start the bus and get the hell out of here. Like you were lucky to grab the, now I know New Jersey's beating everybody, but it, it, there's something about the Leafs right now and, and maybe no clearer example of it than Austin Matthews, who I think on Saturday night got his 10th of the year and he's on pace for like mid thirties, I guess. Yeah. That would be 40 goals ish. Yeah. And you assume that there's hot streaks coming, but we're a quarter of the way through and all that stuff that we just finished talking about with the Sens in terms of moral victories and like to bring it, he'll get going like, well, when, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and this feels like for Austin Matthews, like I said, if he gets to 40, I guess it's all right. <laughs> that would be, that would be crazy underwhelming. Yeah, it would, would, it, would it not? We were talking about people saying 70 goals yeah. in preseason and I'm like 60 should be. Should be plenty. <laughs> easily, easily attainable, right? Everybody I asked on this show leading into the season, I gave kind of the 60 over under and everybody took the over and you're like, man, 53 would be another dominant season, but not acceptable left apparently. And now we're talking about being 10 short of that. And again, I assume the hot streaks are coming, but it's not even just the shot. It's the getting into position for those shots. Yeah. It doesn't look quite as explosive. And it sort of looks like, you know, the, the whole, your favorite team, the flu has been running through and they're just not quite there. He's looked like that. For 20 All games. year. Yes. And again, to have 10 goals, you're like, well, I guess he's all right. But yeah, it just doesn't look quite right, man. For your 11 and change. Well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's funny. I know and preseason was really hit and miss on my, on my attendance on the pod, but <laughs> I, I did say to you, yeah, bold prediction on my part. Yep. John Tavares is, is getting ready to just slide right off the right off. Guys the washed. Yep, his skating is gonna he's gonna be up here soon, and so I think as of last night he was leading the team in scoring. So yep. goals Rob, and points. Spot on. <laughs> uh, Boston Bruins not gonna make the playoffs this year. Probably <laughs> falling out. New Jersey probably finishing fifth in the division. Spot on. <laughs> spot on. This is the real reason we stopped doing our divisional previews. <laughs> you don't know shit. You idiots don't yes. know anything. Well. And that's one of those things, right? Where you go as what the things you do know when you go, all right. Cause I had somebody saying to me, when you say things like that, it makes it f- seem like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I say a lot of shit. Some of it's very good. And sometimes I don't know which is going to be which. Well, I put some things out there. Some of it'll yeah, work. Some okay, of it but won't. The, thing a thousand the, of these the thing episodes. with the Bruins and then Tavares, and you're like, yeah, all right. We're judging by the things that we do know. And then right. you go, oh, those aren't true at all. Right. right. And you go, you're going to take, you know, you're, the devils. You're going to leave. The and devils. we're coming back to the Leafs. Just, we're just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 
really the same team they had last mm-hmm. year, you know, except for that Smeag guy in goal. <laughs> like, oh, and apparently the Norris candidate John Moreno now yeah. leading the way. Yeah, and so this is what I'm saying. And Siegenthaler, like, what, what, this is the second coming of Bobby Orr? Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> and so, but other than that, it's still just he sheer. It's the same he sheer that we thought was a bust right. as a one. Yep. You go, oh, well, now he's great. Jack Hughes is suddenly not hurt and he's dynamic as all hell. Yeah. And so you start to look and you go, oh, I don't know, man. Their I, biggest thing, as you, we, you know, was goaltending last of year. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But again, Smeed. Yes. No, Oof. they're down to fourth string again. They, so, but they're still winning, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Except for that game against Toronto. Yeah. But so the Leafs, in terms of what you do know, yeah, we talked about it. They're not as good, right? They they. You you can't give Mikheyev that contract that Vancouver did, but you do miss him. Like, you are worse without him. Kasha, when he was healthy, extremely complimentary third-line piece. Yep. You're happy to have that, right? He's not sticking around. Even you go back to Hyman. Again, I wouldn't have given him that contract, but you that's a hell of a void to fill when he yep. does leave. And, yep. you know, when we start things up, even bunting isn't quite as good as he had been. Um well, who- he would he would have been hard pressed to, to repeat to repeat course. what he what he did. But it just it, it felt all the way through this like it just doesn't feel right. And then you turn around and you go, yeah, they're basically right where they were last year though too. Second in the division, top five in the league, everything looks fine. Just had a convincing win over Pittsburgh, and it's just messing with my mind a little bit, man. I, I'm not anywhere near as comfortable with this year's team as last year's, and yet here we sit. Well, now, none of that matters again until May or and, whatever. And you are looking at no Brody. Yep. No, no Muzzin, no, no Riley, Riley, no Muzzin. No Jordy Ben now. Oh, see, I didn't no see Victor that. No Victor Dahlstrom. Okay. We got we ran out a pair the last two games of uh, Mac Hollowell and Victor Mete as yeah. our third pair. Ah, oh, VM! Couple of five nines. Yeah, love that guy. There was a, a, a woman on uh, Leafs Twitter last night, God love her. Uh, There's like, is it just me or would any of you other ladies let Victor Mete snap your back like a glow stick? <laughs> like, oh my God. Snap your back. Like what a, might you be doing that would yeah, yeah. bend you up like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just quite ready for Victor Mete as uh, <laughs> the new stud of Leaf Nation. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, but I'm just like, oh, well, <laughs> glow stick has to. Ha-. Anyways, it's the glow stick part that I'm just like, I'm not sure, but <laughs> but good for you, lady. Sure. That's, um, yeah. Well, you know what? As as much as you might like the uh, the look of the merchandise. <laughs> It may not. It, it may not float your boat quite as well. We will not have this Victor Mete slander on the podcast. Yeah, no. But what I'm saying though is, is without, and we'll just focus on the Muzzin, Riley, and and Brody. Sure. They seem to be playing. Well, Geo's wound the clock back. He's playing 25 a night, which. I do think in short spurts he's capable of doing, hey, but what's do- that doing? Dollar for ice time? Is there a better, oh, yeah. is there a better, is there a better value in the league? Perhaps not, man. Um, yeah, I wonder though, obviously they're not going to ask him to do this all season, but Aren't these they? minutes that they're that he is raking up now will affect him later in the season. Like he is not a young uh, yeah, a no. young guy. And then you got Sandine and Lilligren playing your, uh, your second pair. Justin Hall's been at 24 minutes for the last... The much maligned early the in the season. The whipping boy. <laughs> He's not been on for a five-on-five five goal against in like four games now, five games. Norris. Yeah, for sure, man. So it, it like I said, when you look around and you kind of check under the hood, everything's like, I guess it's running fine. 
but it 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 feels like it's got a wobble to it when you're driving it or something, right? It, it just it, it's like I've put in that secondhand transmission, <laughs> and it seems like it should be going well. But I never feel like it's not right. like I'm, it's not going to crap. You know out. when your car's off just a little bit, right? And uh, I'm making the trip to the cottage this weekend, <laughs> and no one likes to be stuck on the side of the road in Gravenhurst. Uh, ain't that the truth? Um, so they did take it out on the road and uh, went through Jersey, Mini, and Pittsburgh. Have one game left on the roadie against Detroit. They have six out of eight points so far. But not everybody's in love with how it's happened. There was uh, three goals called back. During the New Jersey game, uh, all of them for the Devils. I thought two out of three were no-brainers. One, you'd go, eh, I could kind of see either way. But it, di- it didn't matter if all three were totally legit. A, f- a house of 15,000, 20,000 people is not going to be okay with, uh, you know, having three of their team's goals yeah. disallowed. And so, of course, it starts raining down beer and pop and, and shit like that. Uh, I saw one of the Devils players, he kind of skated out on the ice and they interviewed him after because I kind of went out to kind of like give the crowd to like calm down. He said, I got hit with a chicken finger and said, screw it and got back on the bench. Did you eat it though? Like, like, like a young Curtis Lazar in the hamburger. Did it leave you feeling a little tender? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder, you know, they, they gave it a, a warning in the arena as they always do. And then the next thing that is supposed to come. Penalties. It's a delay of game penalty. Yeah. And that would have been the ultimate lighting of the match, right? Not only have we now taken three goals away from you, we're penalizing your team for your reaction to that. And I think I've kind of been back and forth, man. I think as a deterrent, even around the league, you needed to do it. At the same time, you know how refs doing, I, you know how much I hate game management. They're also now in charge of crowd control. Like we yeah. can't enforce the rules of the game because it would be bad for the crowd. The thing is, I was looking at, at different times recently when there's been a, um, a delay of game penalty assessed to... It's pretty rare. There's the there's the Panthers in 2016 when they were... Or 2012. Anyways, they were doing a, a you know, a a sort of a throwback to that. No, it was 2016. The rat trick thing. The rat thing, right? Yeah. So it was, it was 20 years since... Yeah. And they'd given people rats again and they chucked them on the ice. <laughs> but again, that's at a 4-1, 5-1 game. They pitched a bunch of shit on the ice. Right. So that game's out of hand. Yep. Same thing happened in a Flyers game. I remember that. That was just with, shortly before the pandemic. With I think. bracelets and, yes. and something. And so, but again, they started pitching it big time when the game is at a hand. Yeah. This was a Devils Leafs game where the game was was very a two, much in what, question. A two one or a three two final? Like what was three the, two final? So that's a tight game, yep. and it can swing yep. in, in a hurry. And so that is the difference of a five one game versus a three two game. Yeah, you make that call, and you say, you know what, delay a game comes, you got to hit it because to me the thing is, do you want? To, to jeopardize the result. Right. But it, 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 so a night later, I think it was maybe two nights later. Colorado, Vancouver. I doubt they're related, but I did just see on sports center that this morning that another crowd did this and didn't, their team didn't get right. hammered for Colorado, it. Colorado, Vancouver. That's what I mean, right? Yeah. Though fans at that game get to look around and go, well, they're obviously not serious about it. We can, and so that's another reason why you have to hit that penalty and, and in deter. For sure. 
other fan bases from thinking they can get away with it. Well, and and if nothing else, if the Leaf Devils game still ends up as a shit show and they still do it, you keep penalizing them. Yes. And and if nothing else, it is a deterrent for future fan bases. Yep. This will happen. This will happen to you. But when you don't and you go, yeah, there's no consequence. They'll be really upset. We shouldn't do it. Yeah. Like, People will look at us as like, <laughs> not good. Yeah. Right, but Philly, you know, they boo. Yeah. They boo plane landings, and they <laughs> and they throw, throw shit, shit at Santa, Santa Claus. <laughs> so this is a fan base, a city where yeah, shitty things are done all the time. So, you know, that video. I remember watching that video of the of the Rangers fan up in the three hundreds getting worked over, getting worked over by like ten different people, and, yeah. and the call and the, the title was going through the blender. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I'm wearing my Rangers jersey in the 100s. I'm right. not sitting up. And then I'm taking it off to leave. Yes. Well, what was it? I think it was in 20, 2013 where the Leaf fan got punched out in Boston during the playoffs there. Jeans in his white running shoes. doesn't matter what he was yelling. Guys wearing white running shoes and jeans. He deserved to go start. <laughs> Down he went. Anyway, Down, but, he, blah, but he got hammered. He did. No, oh, yeah, his face punch. was all fucked up. And, yeah, yeah, no. So Friday, the Leafs go off to uh, Minnesota, and uh, Matt Murray knocks the net off three different times during uh, action around the Leaf zone. There was one that looked to me incredibly intentional. Yeah, uh, I think it was the second one. Um, the other one, though, the third one was at the other end, and it was one play after Fleury had had trouble at. Uh, you know, he had switched down to where Murray was and his net had come off literally on the yeah. play before. And so, look, I, I guess I have time for the idea, like I would with probably any goalie that, yeah, if shit gets heavy, you might kick the net off and hope for the best. I do have a hard time with the idea because Minnesota fans were saying that Murray was doing the exact same thing in New Jersey. And I kind of think back on it. There was for sure one net off, but it wasn't during a scoring chance. Anyway, sometimes it does happen, and sometimes you do have a guy, I guess, who's decided that this is a way out of things. But after seven years in the league, I have a very hard time with the concept that Matt Murray woke up Monday morning this week and went, hey, I got an awesome idea. Anytime I'm in trouble, yep. I'm going to start knocking this shit off. And it looked to me in Minnesota, and even the Minnesota play-by-play guy, it looks like the whatever the, the mooring is yep. broken or not in deep enough. The marsh peg. Sure. Um, yeah, that, that it wasn't in correctly. And they did come out at one point, try and drill it down deeper. And then Minnesota writer there for the athletic, he's furious as an impartial journalist. I can't remember Vince, Tony. Michael Russo. Michael Russo. <laughs> Vince Russo. I don't know. Your yeah. wrestling fans are enjoying that. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Somewhere in my head. Um, but he's like, you're going to have to drill that in all the way till you strike oil for Matt Murray to stop knocking them off. You're like, oh, okay. This is suddenly a. Yeah. A thing, right? What I do take from this, and I think uh, it was Bieksa talking about it on Saturday night on, um, is when you really look at it, he is really pushing off up high yep. with that arm too, where it's not just the- it's getting that shoulder on the short side. Yeah. And, and you're looking- Your to arm get, and shoulder look, hard against the post so it can't be You're looking to get in there. You're looking, so to me there's- He's also, I think, a reasonably tall- yeah, Guy, Matt Murray, I think. Very thin though. Yeah, but, but I just mean in terms of when you come up as for, opposed to some for other For sure. Goals. And so, and that has been a huge issue for him the past three, four years, right? Is that short side. Right. And so to me, there's a lot of, of what he's been working on with whoever the Leaf goal, goalie coach is. 
right? They're telling him maybe to be harder on the post. To, to get up there. And, yeah. and in terms of pushing off on it, pushing up to it, I think there's a change in his game. And that's it, what Kelly Rudy was saying too. Down low, all goalies push off with yep. their skates. Yep. He goes, you're seeing more and more now it happen up high when guys try and get their shoulder tucked right into that corner and not let anything through. So again, it's one of those things if I'm Minnesota, if I'm a Minnesota fan, I am probably pretty pissed off that this is happening, but there were people that they're tweeting about suspensions, whatever. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a delay of game suspension yeah. before. Yeah. It's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> Always and, is, man. and the fact that it continued to happen is, is really an indicator that yeah, the ice is soft. The peg's not in far enough or yeah. there's too much water in there. There's when a, it's happening at both, to both goalies. Right? There, there's like, a bunch of, there's a bunch of things there, but you know that that's going to follow Murray. Oh, for sure. And I have no problem with the fact that on Monday, he's going to knock one off. The ref's going to come right to him and say, if that happens again. Yep. There'll be a penalty. There will be no benefit of the doubt. How do you feel about the talk that, you know, the delay of the, um, the overturned goals in Jersey, the, um, these, this, this whole bullshit with, with Murray in Minnesota has really more to do with the league wanting the Leafs to win. I, that's why we've always had so much success, man. <laughs> the league makes sure that Toronto is always in prime position to do well. I, I love to shit on the Leafs as much as the next guy, but you're like, yeah, cause the league wants to see them win because they've won what? Like nothing. You could talk, if it was always going our way, yeah. you could talk me into the fact that the league wants the most expensive seats and the stuff being sold deep into the playoffs. Like, I could wrap my head around, but there's no evidence to suggest that, <laughs> this, this is it. that the league is in our back pocket making sure good things happen for Toronto. <laughs> and, and I love to hear it, right? I, I love to, again, you're like... Yeah, that's true, man. <laughs> Fuck the Leafs. It's the frozen envelope with the, yeah, the and then you're Patrick like, Ewing. But there, as you suggest, there is nothing to suggest that <laughs> it's actually benefiting the Leafs in any way. No. You're like, well, yeah, okay, we'll share the cup around with somebody else because we've got so many. <laughs> it's just raining championships. Uh, exactly. In banners after banners <laughs> after banners. And you're like, no, it's not happening. So it's, it's. Bonk's those- Mullet had a great line on Twitter on, uh, on Friday, or I guess it was after the Wednesday game, actually, <laughs> uh, that was. Who knew the key to Matt Murray's success was having the refs just wave off every goal against him? Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's true, man. And it's funny. I do understand the humor of it. But yeah, when you look around, you're like, yeah, it doesn't feel like the league's on our side very often yeah. as a fan. And so when everything uh, that anyone else would find hilarious is always against us. And that was one of the things that Leafs Twitter. Matthews must have. Right. <laughs> one of the things that Leafs Twitter was enjoying on Wednesday was watching everybody melt down. Because that is something that would happen to yeah. Toronto, not for Toronto. Yeah. And so you're sort of like, wow, it's so weird when good thing, like fate helps you or yeah. good luck strikes for you. Well, and it, again, it is one of those things where you go, yeah, we all bitch about it. But really the only thing that, that Toronto's ever benefited by is the broadcasting schedule. But that's because they have the biggest fan base. Yep. Beyond that, there's no evidence of anything going for the Leafs that is... I was talking to somebody Friday and the Sens game was a TSN game. Like, oh, I think it'll be Gord Miller. And I said, actually, the Leafs are also playing Friday afternoon. We will be taking Gord Miller. Well, and that's interesting on on the Gord Miller front. Watching, again, having... ah, Having a little time to myself on Saturday night. No Sens action. So I'm, I'm actually... 
I just had the Leaf game on and I'm doing some other things. And yep. you and I exchanged a couple messages, but it's just sort of going. I'm listening. And so that's a, that's a sports net. That's a Hockey Night in Canada game. Yeah. Cuthbert and Simpson. I'm not loving, I'm not loving that call. I, as you know, I'm a huge Chris Cuthbert yep. fan. I'm, I'm sort of over Craig Simpson. He's not adding much for me, but. See, I think I like Craig Simpson better okay. in that duo now. Yeah. Now, I just think, you know, I think the TSN, I think TSN has the better, the better game for me. At the, at its very top end. Like I find that, I, like, I don't really want to hear any more Dave Poulin. I, I don't, but if you give me. We don't see Pooley. He's a, he's a Habs and Jets guy, I think. I thought For, he just did one Sens game last uh, week. He, he does the but, occasional yeah. game, but he is predominantly Habs and, and Winnipeg, I think. But if you give me like, uh, like Friday, it was Gord Miller, Mike Johnson, James Duthie's away in Qatar, but. But him, that may be the best. That may be the best. Very good. That was the only person that could step in for Ray and not make me feel like I was losing something there. And then, uh, you know, Cheryl Pounder on the panels become very good. We had Bob McKenzie there on Friday as well. And so at its top end, I think it's, it's better, uh, but it drops off fast in my opinion. So Johnny Abbott, who is, uh, you know, he, he called yeah. 67's games, called Marley's games, yep. went out to do the Canucks on radio. Briefly Leaf Radio. Okay. And um, doing a little NLL. Yep. He's got a little lacrosse uh, background now. I don't mind him. I don't mind him, especially when they can show his dad up in the stands sitting next to two people making out. Nice. Slash humping, whatever's happening oh, wow. there in Detroit. Good seats. Yeah. No way up. <laughs> He's way up at the top. And there's these two young people next to him who are absolutely sucking Just face. Just having One leg over the other one. Nice. And, and he's trying to look in the other direction. <laughs> Anyways, uh, his, his, it's, it's one of those things where you go, as a broadcaster, as a play-by-play guy, uh, love Gord Miller. I can't stand his use of the word powdered. Powdered that puck wide. Hmm. You're like powdered. Not feeling that, eh? Yeah, not feeling it at all. Um, John Abbott wants to use twig all the time. <laughs> uh, that's I, what the cool kids are calling. Ah, uh, but I, it, it feels it feels forced. It's like does he say Selly? Roof Selly? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, bar down, not, all these sorts of to... things. Yeah, but the twig. Oh, he's lost his twig. I'm like oh. they've all they all have their crutches, right? The, the the whenever somebody turns it over, like Cuthbert loves it, and now he's got it pointed in the right direction. You can see it coming anytime. You know somebody's had to circle back, and I know he's going to go to that, right? They all have their kind of yep go to phrases that they. It's uh, true. Uh, the the other leaf conspiracy that I love in terms of whether the world is working with us or not is the video review room. They being in Toronto, and so. The commentators or whoever will always say, you know, they'll, they'll send this back to Toronto and you're like, oh fuck, here comes a pile of stupid in my mentions. Yeah. Well, the review room is based in, you're like, yeah, yeah it is, I guess. See, fuck. and I, and, and I, I find some teams, some play by play guys are leaning into that. You could say it's being sent to the command center. You could say it's being sent to the war room. It's being sent to Toronto when you're playing against Toronto. I, I just enough, enough already. Yeah. See, to me, I never. I'm going to double down on this. I never feel like the league no. has the Leafs best interest in hurt. Like, I don't think about it either. Like in baseball. I feel like the broadcasters. Yeah, I get that. I, I know a lot of people have this feeling that they're, but like when you're watching the Jays, they don't go out of their way to point out every time that the, the video review room that the umps are talking to is in New York. You could, that's what 
the Yankees are to baseball, what the Leafs are to, you know, minus the success, um, <laughs> to hockey, but they don't do oh, it. It's not a thing. Championship yeah, that things. whole thing. Um, but it's the same thing and we just don't do it. We, it's anyway. Yeah. All right. Well. We blame the we blame the Astros or those sure big money spending Dodgers. What else did you want to hit on? You sent me a message there last night that was somewhat difficult to uh, to decipher. I take it there was something with the Golden Knights that I missed on the broadcast. No, it wasn't the Golden Knights. And so when you said, ah, I I think I've I think I've deciphered that. Oh, I, it, I had failed. It, you did fail, it, and I don't I don't blame you because <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, and so I was dictating. Yeah. The message. Yeah. And so it talked about golden and blah, and blah. defense to watch period or something. Yeah. Like, oh, so, yeah. Anyways, the period was my, um, was, was, the... was me yeah, putting the period yeah, in. Yeah. So and I assumed we were talking about golden knight defensemen so that they I were, even uh, tried to, I even tried to fix it on the dictation going goalies, uh, not golden, but right. it kept coming up saying golden. Okay. Golden. It would say- Fuck go- it, I'm sending it to him. It would say goalies. <laughs> yeah. And no, I just erased the last one. I'm like, forget it. He'll figure it out. <laughs> but it turns out you didn't. I didn't. Sorry, man. No, no. It was the it, w- it was the Murray conversation, which we've mm, already covered. Okay. And the Hellebuck thing, which which came up in the, in the intermission as well. The Hellebuck with the helmet off. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so- I don't really have so much on that. I think they will change that. Well, let's set it up because uh, not everybody watched the Winnipeg Jets game the other night. Uh, you missed a doozy. Connor Hellebuck, yeah, against Dallas, late in the game, has his helmet come off. It's no fault of his own. And I got to be honest with you, I thought that was already an automatic whistle dead, but they allow play to continue and they're taking shots at him yeah. with no fault mask on. Yeah. Whereas if you're a skater. Jacques Plante is saying enough. <laughs> if you're a defenseman or a forward and your helmet comes off, you can't stop and get it. You can't put it on. You have to get leave to the, the ice. Whereas the guy who's about to have uh, this thing wired at him, apparently his can just come right off and everybody gets to keep playing until the referee decides, I don't really want to take away a scoring chance. So we'll let these guys. Nobody finish. does. <laughs> yeah. So fuck. He's just out there facing shots with no mask on. Yeah. And so to me, the, the, the point is, and I think Jennifer Botterill brought it, it was the clearest point. The idea is going by the rules, you can't take away a scoring chance. So whether you, whether you agree with that or not. Cause in theory, I'll leave my s- straps loose and I can see a two on O coming at me. Shake I'll, it off. I'll drop my head and shake it off. Or you can be like off. Matt Murray and you can just knock the net sure, off. Sure, just Murray. turn around and give it a shove. <laughs> yeah, off the, which we've seen that through the years a bunch of times. Yes. Not just Matt Murray, I'm saying in general, yeah. right? Uh, a defenseman comes in and blasts it off the moorings. <laughs> but it is, there was four seconds after that happened. It got passed, it got passed, and then it was in the net. So it's not like you've taken away the initial grade A scoring chance where you're like, hey man, I had it on my stick. Right. Getting ready to just wire it in. Right. They're running a in zone play. Here. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's there's there's down low pressure and it's up, it's past, it's over, and then it's in the net. Yeah. Um but the thing is, and I saw it in whether it was Dmitry Kulikov blasted a senator into his goalie. And you're like and then you're pissed off. People show up and they're like angry that you're on my goalie. And you're yep. like, but you just fucking cross-checked me into the goalie. Yes. So we see this, that all the time. In right? this case, Morrissey cross-checks Ben, 
into Hellebuck. Yes. Like, this is how that happened. And you're like, and again, I'm not sure if you whistle it dead and go, Morrissey, that's a penalty. And I think that's, if they're not going to change the, we don't want to lose the scoring chance, you give Dallas the power play. You whistle it dead when the when the thing comes off and go, hey, dickhead, <laughs> you just cross. But to me, the, the number of times you see. Defensemen push guys. Defensemen push. Into their own goalie. Into their own goalie. Yeah. Uh, and it's ridiculous. Go, it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. And that's the part where you got to go, that's got to change. Well, as it pertains to the goalies, like the other way of doing this in the IIHF, if it even hits him in the mask, even if his mask doesn't come off, they often blow it dead, right? I think it's a rule if a guy gets blasted in the in the head with the puck, they whistle it dead. I know at the World Juniors they do. I don't know if that's just a junior rule or if it happens at the men's worlds as well. Uh, I can't remember an example of it. And I feel like that's too, like goalies get hit in the head. That's part yeah. of the position, right? Yeah. It's too much. But if it. If the helmet's still on, you're good to go. Yeah. Unless he drops. <laughs> like it's not yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Like, like hitting the forehead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, if, if it stays on and bounces down in front of him, it should be good for the guy to try and bang in the rebound, in my opinion. I, I think the IIHF goes too far. But to have a goalie standing out there with no mask on while they're setting up and like you throw it back to the point. One of those defensemen is liable to just fucking hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those guys are just nasty back there. So that can't happen. I, I, even if I'm okay with your idea that a penalty is going to be draw. And if the ref thinks the goalie did it on purpose, then it's a delay a game penalty. Like that's fine, but he can't face shooters. Agreed. With with no mask. Agreed 100%. Right. And so. To me, I, I'm surprised that that rule is there. And and if you look at it, the number of times that a goalie gets hit in the head, does it happen once in a game? It's does, actually really surprisingly rare. Or does it happen once every two games? Right. This is what I'm saying. But I am still, it's like, I used to go out for public skates as a kid all the time. Yeah. Right? And you just go out and you're not wearing a helmet, right? You're just ripping around. Sure. Once I started coaching minor hockey, you can't, you can't go on the ice without a helmet. Hmm. So you're out there, you got the helmet on. And then I went out for a public skate and I didn't have a helmet or gloves on. Right. And I thought. exposed? I felt wicked exposed and I had nobody shooting. Right. 95 miles per hour at my head. Right. So I I was going to say, you know, it's, it's one thing to say Hellebuck can stand up there and just. Or, you know, he was still face down at that point. But, <laughs> but but again, it's one of those things where you go, man, that would feel, you would feel super nude yep. in that moment, right? You would be like, oh my God. Well, because like we freak out or play-by-play guys freak out when like his glove falls off. You're like, oh my God, he'll break his hand. Like if he tries, to, if he gets hit with, with okay, how about his face? Like yeah. we don't blow that dead. Not important, <laughs> Matt. Not important. Although in this, in this time and, you know, day and age when things are no more important than concussions and, and brain health and you'd allow somebody to just be on the ice. I remember reading uh, or watching a video there, Bobby Hull, a couple of goal, like this is some like legends of hockey and they're interviewing old guys or whatever. And two or three goalies <laughs> talk about how Bobby Hull early in the game would come down and shoot at their head to try and scare him. Yeah. And Bobby, he's got a big grin on his face. He's like, never, not one time. Did I ever intentionally shoot? Nodding up head. and down. I never, and then he, ever. Then he smiles big and goes, now, that's not to say that early in the game, I wouldn't intentionally buzz one by his ear and let it hit the glass, 
all the way back down and let him think about that for the next, yeah, whatever. How, now, okay. I'm sure Bobby Hall is a little full of shit on how accurate he was or whatever, but that was his explanation of it was, yeah, yeah, I'm going to put the fear of God in you for early on here, but um, I at Bob McCown, who used to host primetime sports there in Toronto, he had a, a tirade that he'd go on like once every couple of weeks when he was trying to point out how stupid the NHL was. He said, goalies, and this is late 90s, early 2000s, goalies, there's no rule in the rule book that says they have to wear a mask. They have to wear a helmet like everybody else, but goalies just started choosing to wear masks in whatever decade. And then they never got added because no one was ever stupid enough to, yeah. So no one was ever dumb enough to want to keep going out there without one. He goes, but you go through that rule book. There is nowhere that says they have to wear a mask. And after him bringing that up for several years, they finally put it in the well, rule book that, yeah, you should probably wear a and, mask. And friend of the show, Dean Brown, I think you've had Dean on here a couple yep, of times. Yeah. Dean, Dean goes through his, his regular rants and I can't remember what they are, but there's, there's things in the, in the rule book yep. that have just never been updated, right? Like there's things where you just go, that's still in the rule book. <laughs> no one's and, done and, 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 and Since it was chicken wire on the well, And if Dean glass. was sitting next to me here right now, he would- He'd he, have a list of them. He would drop three or four right off the top of his head, yeah. right? That, that he has, that the rule book just is still somehow not updated. So it's crazy. And that's one of those things where you go, yeah, goalie's helmet comes off. You got to whistle that dead. Yeah. And likewise. And then sort it out. And defensemen, stop smashing forwards into your goalie. Right. The, a, a bunch of things could be solved right now. Like the number of times a goalie interference call or, or review comes off of a guy just skating through on his own, of his own volition. It's not that often. It's not that often, right? There's always this it's contact traffic. and it's you're like, pushed. It's... does, does, does he get redirected in there? Does he get pushed? It's, it's crazy. And so. Now they rarely fight it when they are being forced in that direction. They'll blow right through your goalie. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. There's but you're lots right. Of, there's, there's lots of, every, everybody, every team has one or two of those guys who go, oops. Yeah. The Matthew Kachuk, I'm on your goalie. I don't know how this happened. Gallagher is another one, right? You're like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm here. <laughs> I've arrived. It's crazy how yeah. this happened. Yeah. Again. Anything else for this one, man? No, I, I, I think, I think we've done quite well here today, man. It's true. Talked our way intelligently through some soccer. We've discussion. talked our way through. Probably for the last time for the next four years. <laughs> Whenever qualifying starts again, or more likely... Whenever the women uh, actually get out of a group stage, and and again, I want to say, women, yeah, Janine Becky, yeah, fantastic job. I, I think she was, she was the darling of that, uh, of that panel. Certainly came off the most knowledgeable. Well, and being an Olympic gold medalist, yeah, that'll I think contribute to that a little bit. Recently, too, right, <laughs> gives you a bit of a, a bit of a heads up. But she, she was bringing good info, current info too. So more than we do. No, we'll, uh, not true. Not true. There's a pile of personality here, Matt. Yes, but very little info. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Chinese food of podcasts. Yes. Occasionally a decent I'm full, but I'm one burp from being. Oh, I see what you're going for. Okay. Uh, we'll wind down this episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast here. Make sure you're giving us a follow on social media at Tall Can Audio and you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us. Uh, we'll be back later in the week with some sort of new nonsense. So we'll uh, see you all then. See ya. We've had lunch.
lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this silkong was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> <laughs> Ugh.